Okay, this is episode number two of the um, Dinnertime Discipleship Podcast with the Patel family. Uh, just like last time, we have Christine and Noah and Eva and Leela and myself. Um, tonight, we're going to be discussing the George Floyd verdict, uh, Derek Chauvin verdict, and um, you know how it relates to faith and just kind of looking at you know, a very difficult and very trying time in our country through a faith-based lens and kind of asking the, the kids and discussing some difficult topics, difficult questions. Um, so let's, let's just pray briefly, guys, and we'll get started, okay? Lord, thank you for this food tonight. Thank you for everybody in my family. I'm so grateful for a loving wife and three beautiful kids. Um, we pray for your blessing on our, our hearts and our minds, guidance for our hearts and our minds as we talk about a very difficult topic tonight. And um, I just pray for a fruitful discussion that honors you and that motivates and stirs our hearts uh, toward loving others, caring for others, toward kindness for fellow human beings, um, and just showing them the love of Jesus. Thank you again for this food. In Jesus' name, amen. So I know you guys probably remember about a year ago, uh, we, I told you about how um, there, was, there was a video that came out about a police officer. And um, I think I remember you remember me telling you about how that he, he put his knee on this man's neck for a long time and this man eventually died. Well, <clears throat> excuse me, over the past, I guess, three weeks or so, there's been a trial going on. And I know you've noticed that I've been watching it. But during this trial, that is an opportunity for um, people who saw it to tell a jury, people who are experts on that topic to talk to a jury. And the jury is a group of people. They're just regular citizens. Um, and it's their job to decide whether or not the police officer is guilty or innocent based on all the facts that they have. So... Watching the video only gives you part of the story. There's obviously more to a story than just what you see in a video, right? Like if I show you a video on my phone of something you did, that might not be the whole story. There might be like, why did this happen? What was going on right before that video? What was going on immediately after that? Um, are there things that we didn't see? And so during the trial, we got a chance to see a lot of information that we didn't know before. Um, and so today the jury reached a verdict. A verdict means that they have an answer. Is he guilty or is he innocent? And um, they decided that the police officer was guilty of, um, of murder. Um, and I wanted to kind of get a feel from you guys about what you think. And I know that you guys didn't watch the trial, but um, what, what, what questions do you guys have about um, what information came out in the trial and how the jury came to that decision. Obviously, we weren't there in the room, but we probably have some questions about, you know, what they what they were thinking. And I can guess what they were thinking. You know, Daddy might be able to guess what they were thinking. You know, just because Daddy's a lawyer, I think he has a good understanding of um, the way courts work, how juries work and things like that. But um, I'm curious what you guys think, first of all, about whether... First, do you have any questions? And second, do you think that the, the verdict was correct and why or why not? 
I was practice. Uh, obviously, it's illegal to murder someone, so he should have gone to jail. Do you think that it that what he did qualified as murder? Well, well, yeah, because he did everything. George Floyd did everything that the police told him to. Plus, I don't think so. Didn't? No, he didn't. So it shows in the video. So remember, I was telling you about the video that we saw last year. It showed in the video, um, other videos like the police body cam video, surveillance videos from the store and in the street and stuff. It showed that what happened was that um, George Floyd. He went into this convenience store to buy something, and he had a fake $20 bill. Well, we don't know for sure that it was fake, but it looked fake to the guy that was working at the register. And so he went and asked him to come back in the store and talk about it. And he didn't. And so he went out again and said, can you come back inside and talk about it? And George Floyd did not come back in. And so they called the police. The police came, and... Um, he, they told him he was in the car. He was obviously very startled by the police when they showed up. Um, the police were telling him, you know, put your hands on the wheel and put your hands on your head. And he wasn't doing that immediately. He, you could tell that he was very afraid. Um, I believe that the police were... Um, overreacting. Maybe overreacting. I would say a little too aggressive given yes. the situation, uh, that it was a fake $20 bill. Yes, Right. So, you know, they asked him <clears throat> to, to get in the police car and he would not get in. He was fighting them to get in the police car. Um, so he wasn't. Well, he said he was claustrophobic. If you don't know what that means, it means that he's scared of small spaces. And so the back of a police car is very cramped. It's very small. And so he was saying, oh, I don't want to go in there. I don't want to go in there because it's he's claustrophobic. He's a big guy. And so he was fighting and kicking and pushing, and he was just—he has some sort of mental, mental issues. We don't know what, but he clearly had something going on mentally. And so he was really afraid and anxious about getting inside the back of the, of the police car. Yes, but still, the question was: uh, should he have gone to jail for it, and should it actually qualify as murder? But uh, it still should because that's not a reason to kill someone. Being being scared, like being scared, being arrested, is not a reason to kill someone. Okay. What were you going to say, Leela? Well, I know one thing that I saw at the bottom of the TV. Um, I saw that it said that the guy who killed him was uh, like Eric Nelson. No. Eric Nelson was the name of the, the attorney. He's a lawyer that was defending um, Derek Chauvin, the police officer. Yeah, he said that George um, <clears throat> Floyd has had a drug over or something. Yeah, he had a lot of different reasons that he gave for why George Floyd died. Mm-hmm. What do you have to say, Eva? Any thoughts? Well, well could I clarify what homicide means? Mm-hmm. Homicide means that a person dies because of another person. Literally, that's all it means. Okay, well, that's what it is. So, because George Floyd died because of the police officer, that Yes, but his defense attorney, Derek Chauvin, the police officer, his defense attorney was trying to argue that George Floyd didn't die because of the police officer. He died because of other things. He said that it was a drug overdose, that he had heart problems, that he had um, a benign tumor in his body, that he 
had carbon monoxide. So you guys are you eat you guys, Noah and Eva, you're assuming that the officer deserved to go to prison because he actually killed or he he caused the death of George Floyd. But how do you know that? Are you saying that because that's what people tell you? That's because what you hear people say? Is it because that's what you watch on it's, TV? It's what? because it's because it's on the video. Like he's obviously like he's he's saying like, oh please get off me. That's like he's obviously not have it isn't obviously not because of drugs because he's on him so he knows that's because of uh, his like well just because he's on him doesn't mean there's not other things that could be going on at the same time yeah. he could have been on drugs and the drugs could have caused his death even though the police officer was kneeling on his neck that's possible um he could have i mean he could have had a heart attack at the same time as the police officer was kneeling on his neck that's also possible so, so how how do what so maybe we don't know but, and so the question is, how do you know that he actually caused the death of George Floyd? Okay, so we actually don't know that for sure, but uh, you still should have gone to jail because it should be illegal to like, sit on someone's neck and like, do something. Yeah, but what should be illegal is not the question. The question is, what is illegal? If you think something should be illegal, you can take it up with your senator. Well, they, can, they can they can make a law about that. Well, isn't it illegal to do that? Like, what you do? Put his neck on, put put his shoulder on his neck. That's what shoulders. the jury decided. That it was felony assault. So felony means against the law. Assault means that it's an attack or or some sort of bodily harm. Um, now the police are trained to to do certain things to keep you from hurting yourself or hurting other people. That makes sense, right? Because sometimes people they fight. They don't want to be arrested, of course. Um, and so they have to be trained in how to safely restrain people, handcuff them and get them into the back of a police car. But is it safe to put your knee on somebody's neck? No. No. Okay. So let's kind of turn the conversation a little bit now and think about what does the word justice mean? It means what's fair, what you deserve. Okay. Do you have a definition of justice, Leela? What do you think of? Like, when I say justice, what comes to your mind? <laughs> the store justice. <laughs> Cute little girl clothes. Um, so justice is, like you said, Eva, I believe that it means that you get what you deserve. As a Christian... Remember, we talked before about how everybody has sinned, right? So what is God's justice? Like just the raw punishment? Right. So like if, if you, we've all sinned. So the punishment for everybody's sin, what is, what is the justice that God has declared for death. everybody who sinned? Death. death. Remember that verse, the wages of sin is death. I'll get it for you. So, everybody has sinned. Everybody deserves death. Now, does did that mean that George Floyd deserved to die? He sinned, but um, Jesus died so that that wouldn't happen. Well, well, okay. Well, whenever it, whenever it says um, person, uh, something about someone sinning or death, it means spiritual death, not actual death. Eva, do you want pepperoni, or do you want the other one? Mine is the bacon side. Okay, so say that again, Noah. In that verse, it means spiritual, spiritual death, death, not actual death. 
Okay, that's an interesting thought. Um, but can you think of examples in the Bible of times where people sinned and they they died, like bodily died? Haman? Haman, yeah, there's one. He tried to hang all the Jews. What did he do? <laughs> Noah's pizza toppings just glopped off of the yeah. pizza and onto the plate. <laughs> Was there one in um, in the Old Testament? You remember we were talking about the Ark of the Covenant and how God had given very clear rules about how to yeah. transport it and how to People treat it. And and yeah, somebody touched it and died, right? There's an example. Or Adam? Well, no. Adam didn't no. like physically die. No. Yes, Leela. Yes, you don't need to ask. Um, I'm thinking also of um, Ananias and Sapphira. Is that them in, in Acts? Am I saying their names right? Ananias and Sapphira. Yeah. So they... Oh, the salt. The no, pillar of salt. Lot's wife. That's Lot. That yes. Okay, yeah. But I'm thinking of Acts, though. Ananias, Ananias and Sapphira. Mm. They promised to give their wealth to the church, and they kept some back, and they got called called out on it, on their sin, and they immediately died. I just remembered. Yes. I remember the example. So I forgot the names of everything, but um, almost everything that happened, but God burned the city, and uh, he told her not, I forgot her name, but he told her not to look back, but she looked back. Yeah, that's and yes. Salt. Yeah, the cities were Sodom and Gomorrah. That's what you're thinking of. So there's a lot of Old Testament examples. There's um, one that I can think of in the New Testament. I'm sure there's more, but... Um, if you think about it, though, like, it's easy to read those and say, well, they shouldn't have sinned. But the problem is that everybody sins. It's irresistible. Yeah. So I said earlier, George, George Floyd sinned, right? Mm -hmm. Oh. Everybody sins. We don't know if he spiritually died, though. Well, no, we don't know that. We don't know if he spiritually died. But does that mean that he deserved to die because of his sin? No. So in the American justice system, the way we do it in our country is that the punishment should fit the crime. Mm -hmm. And passing a fake $20 bill, while it's wrong and you should never do that, um, it's not something you deserve to die over. Even, even disagreeing with the police and you know arguing and resisting arrest isn't something that you deserve to die it's over. Isn't something you deserve to die over because it's still a sin? You can spiritually die over your sin, absolutely. Um, but coming back to this idea of justice, um, you think about God's justice. Is it the same as man's justice? Why are you so, like you seem very sure in that answer, why? God's punishment, God's punishment is a lot worse. It's worse? What were you gonna say, Eva? You know, I think God's justice is perfect. I think there are some times when our justice system gets it wrong. Yes, it does. Sometimes people who actually did break the law go free. Sometimes people who did nothing wrong end up getting punished.
And I think those are both times when it's, that's, it's terrible. But we have to do the best we can. Right? Mm -hmm. But we need to remember that God is ultimately our judge. He always gets the right. Right. So I wanted to ask you about something. People will say all the time, like, only God can judge me. Don't judge me. You can't judge me. Do you think that that's correct? Mm -mm. No? Why? Why? I don't think it's correct. Why? Uh, Because you should, like, tell people what they're doing wrong. You should tell people if they're doing something wrong? Why? Aren't you kind of being nosy and getting in their business? Well, it's for their own good. Well, there's like the, there's a proverb or something where it goes, just something about a speck in someone's eye. If you have a speck in your eye, pick yours out before you pick someone else's out. <laughs> that doesn't buy this. That reminds me, Eva, when you were really little, you said something about like, get the booger out of your own eye before you get the booger <laughs> out of someone else's eye. Do <laughs> you remember that? No. <laughs> you were like maybe three or four when you said that. <clears throat> but anyway, yeah, you're right. Like, People will use that verse to say, well, you know, you need to get the speck out of your own eye before you look, or you get the log out of your own eye before you get, tell me to get the speck out of mine. Yes, that's true. However, does that mean that we should never say something when we see something wrong? No. No. Yes, God is our judge, and we are called as Christians to have good judgment. And especially with people that you love, um, we should have good judgment. I love you kids, and so I am going to judge you sometimes. I'm going to say, hey, what you did was not right. Sometimes you tell me that. Sometimes I tell dad, hey, that wasn't right, and he tells me that. Because I love you guys. I love your dad too much to allow you to continue to sin and think that it's okay. Right. Because what happens if nobody ever tells you that what you're doing is wrong? You'll never know it's wrong. You'll never know what's wrong. And what's going to happen when you're facing God someday, when it's just you and God, and God demands an answer for every sin you've ever committed? Are you going to have a good excuse? No. No. I don't think so. Do you have anything to add? You've been quiet. I want to go back to George Floyd. So that was a sad thing that happened, obviously, right? It's We don't know what the officer's motivation was we don't know what um if he intended to kill george floyd or not um you know we don't really know what what the backstory is but it happened he did die and that's very sad and so you know it raises the question why does god allow that to happen Well, uh, because... Is it? Is it part of the plan for... It was it God's plan that this officer would um, f- struggle with George Floyd and, you know, put him on the ground and then kneel on his neck and his, his back so he can't breathe until he chokes or until he's asphyxiated, meaning, you know, he's suffocated, he's suffocated to death? <clears throat> was that God's plan? Well, it could lead to something else that... I remember a few weeks ago you were talking about how like God made everything happen so that this yeah. stuff, like for example a guy picked this up God made everything in the world happen so that you guys slow way uh-huh. down you're talking too fast that, uh, like no let him talk he, he can talk yeah so 
you were talking about how like God made everything in the world, like everything that's ever happened just happens like a bill. It's like I'm picking this up, God made everything that's ever happened happens like a big this. That applies to the same earlier stuff. So, so you're talking about the butterfly effect. Yes. And what happened there is actually affected a lot of stuff, uh, like what's going on right now. It's, it's, it's like done really big. So, yeah. Yeah, like we would be having this conversation. A lot of stuff wouldn't happen. That's true. But what good do you see coming out of George Floyd's death? Well, maybe, well God turns bad things into good things. So. Okay, but like, I, give, give me an example, because I'm struggling to see, uh, or, or okay. people listening to this may be struggling to understand how God could possibly turn George Floyd's death, which was a horrible thing, into something good. Well, we don't know, but maybe the good thing hasn't happened yet because uh, because of everything that it's caused. Uh, the thing, the good thing that God, the, the good thing God has done from it, maybe has not happened yet. Okay. What about you, Eva? What do you think? Good enough how, but you can do it. Can you say what the question is again? The question is, what good can God bring about from George Floyd's death? He can change people's mindset. Okay, explain that. Like some people may, like before the incident, they could just be like thinking, like police officers always reckless. But um, um, after the incident, they probably... Like, learn that sometimes they're not always right. Yeah, that's true. And you know, it works both ways because when I first saw this thing about Floyd, and I took Floyd's side and I said, oh, wow, that, that looks terrible that this cop is kneeling on his neck and all that. But when I watched the trial, I watched the whole video, I became a little bit more sympathetic to what police officers have to go through every day. Um, that it, and it's kind of sad that the officers are so hardened and they're so cold because that's just they've developed that thick skin because they've gone through so much of this, uh, just, you know, difficult people day in, day out. They have to deal with. So, Leela, do you understand what he's saying? That he was saying he watched the video of what happened to George Floyd and he took George Floyd's side, but then he watched the whole video and he saw what police officers have to go through all the time and their job is very hard. And sometimes they have to do some really hard things and they see a lot of really bad things. And when you, when that happens, your heart gets hard. You know what I mean? When your heart, when your heart gets hard, they get used to it. It doesn't make you sad anymore. Like, you know, you could see somebody, I don't know. If you you see a kitten get run over on the street, you'd be really sad. Right. But if you've seen it 10,000 times, do you think you'd be sad the 10,000 in the first time? Probably not. Not as much anyway. Yeah, poor yeah, kitty, poor I know. Okay, so, so um, you know, the, the, good I, I, the good I can see coming about from his death is a couple things. One is just greater understanding for other people. Um, in other people's situations. Hopefully there's people out there who saw the video and maybe sympathized with what certain communities in our country have to go through, um, like the, what the black community has to go through. 
And hopefully some people saw the video and had a better appreciation for police officers have to go through every day and the very difficult decisions they have to make on a, on a very quick, you know, quick basis. Um, so hopefully there's a more understanding in the world. Um, but, but I'm also hoping that there's that I'm hoping that this event and the fact that the officer was found guilty I'm hoping that that is the trigger for healing in our country. Healing. Uh, because there's a lot of racism in our country. There's a lot of fighting against or misunderstandings or, or you can call it whatever you want. There's a little bit of everything. There's misunderstandings. There's outright brutality. There's everything in between, uh, between police and different political parties and the black community and or the minority community. And there's just a lot of sadness and a lot of brokenness. And I'm hoping that this verdict was, uh, you know, the start of something of something good for, for our nation. You know, it makes me think about a couple of things that we've talked about before. One, I know I've told you guys many times, there's nothing evil in this world that God can't redeem. And when I say that, what I mean is that there's nothing bad that can happen in this world that God won't use for good. Now, do you think that it's God's preference that bad things happen so that he can make it all better? Or do you think he'd prefer that they not happen at all? Right. I think so too, Lila. Um, and when they do happen, it is important how we handle it. It is important that we remember the most important law. Do you remember what Jesus said the most important law is? Love, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. Yes. I think that's really important because if you love God, what does that mean that you're going to to do? Like, how are you going to behave if you love God? Well, you can think about it as if you don't love God, then you probably behave differently than someone who does love God. So, and if you love God, you probably want to do things that He would want you to do. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. So if you don't love God, you probably do the opposite. That's a good point. Um, how will this change you guys and how you behave in the world? How is this going to affect your personal, this trial? And, you know, the nation is, um, a lot of people are really excited. A lot of people are really sad. How, how do you think this will change how you think or how you behave, how you treat other folks? What do you think? By the way, kids, you want more wine? You have enough? Okay, all right, go ahead. Anyway, go ahead. What do you think? <laughs> Nobody's drinking wine. Except Daddy. Anyway, how is how do you think this, what we've talked about tonight, what happened, how do you think that's going to change you? Change the way maybe you see the world, see other people, see God, see yourselves? Well, now that I've got like a real world example of how God can turn things into good. Um, 
I think I understand you a little better. Do you think God can turn all things into good? So explain to me how God can turn um, abortion into good, or explain to me how God can turn the killing of a young child or who gets run over on the street by a car into good. I don't, I don't see how that's going to turn, how God can turn that into good. You do? By all means, sure. Stop sliding around, I can't hear you. Say a mom and a dad have a kid, and that kid has cancer or something, and if that kid dies, then the parents are like, oh, we're going to go tell them that God isn't a good person. He let my kid die. And so they're not actually thinking about what's good for the kid, because like, he doesn't have to suffer anymore, or they don't have to suffer anymore. I didn't understand that. Can you explain? Like, if, if the kid has cancer and he dies, then you won't have to like, you won't have to suffer from cancer anymore. You won't have to. Like, yeah, but it wouldn't have been. Wouldn't it? Go ahead. Christine. She was trying to say like, if a mom and dad have a kid and the yeah. kid has cancer, um, and the kid dies, uh-huh. the parents could get angry at God uh-huh. and just say, I hate, I, I hate God, or I'm really angry with God. He's not a good God because my kid died of cancer. But they're not seeing that maybe it's a good thing that that child isn't suffering anymore. Well, but why did God have to give him cancer in the first place? Wouldn't it have been better for him to just be healthy and alive? Yeah. So why is God doing that? You don't know. Is it because God is mean and angry and he's just waiting to just zap you? No. What do you think, Eva? Maybe. Do I need to repeat the question? How does God turn cancer for a child who dies into something good? Sure, yes. Well, sure, okay. So I have a comment I'd like to add. And I know okay. this is something that we've talked about before, but... Um, some of it is faith. Some of it is just believing that God said that he would turn everything into good. And some of it is just that you have to believe that. And that's really hard to do. I get that. But the other thing is, we don't have any right to demand answers from God. We don't get to tell God, you owe me an explanation. You owe me a reason. You owe me turning something, turning this into good. He doesn't owe us anything. He doesn't owe us an explanation or a reason or an excuse or anything. But he said he was going to make all things new. He will. And he doesn't have to do it when I say he's going to do it. Because if God does what I say when I tell him to do it, who's God? Who's you. The, yeah, that makes me God. I'm not God. I'm not in charge. I have a couple of thoughts. One is that, okay, you want to go first? Okay, thank you. One is that this idea that our lives should be perfect and free of any problems, free of disease, free of death, that idea is a very modern, Western idea because we live our lives in so much comfort that we've sort of lost perspective on what it is to be human and what it is to live. 
many years ago, thousands of years ago, even hundreds of years ago, and even today in different parts of the world. Death, disease, um, children dying, I mean, things like that are commonplace. And it's not unusual for those things to happen. When they happen, people don't necessarily, I mean, of course they grieve. There's no doubt people grieve. But they don't necessarily shake their fist at God and say, how could you let this happen? They just take it as part of life because it is. We all suffer. We all have things we have to go through. And, you know, Buddhism has a saying, which I think is true, which is that all life is suffering. All life is suffering. And it is. Even Jesus was a man of sorrows. He suffered greatly. So that's one thought. Second thought is we're not different, right? We're not special. So you think back to the disciples, the apostles, you think back to Jesus in the early church, they suffered greatly. They were persecuted by the Romans. They were blamed for things they didn't do. They were thrown into the, the gladiator pits or the arena with lions and tigers. They were eaten alive, forced to fight, crucified upside down, tortured and killed, made to starve, beaten, abused, ridiculed and mocked. All these things happened in the early church. Jesus was, you know what happened to him. You know the, the troubles he suffered. He was a man of sorrows. So, what, baby? Mm -hmm. That's right. So, if, if they suffered, if the apostles suffered, if almost all, the, all, if almost all of the 12 apostles were martyred for their faith, that means they were killed because they were Christians, then why do we expect our lives to be any better or any different? If, if they suffered, if people today around the world suffer, if, if suffering is just part of the human condition, then why should we think that we're exempt or special? We're not. Yeah, that's right. And my last thought is that the butterfly effect, I think, is very, very much a, uh, an important part of this. So if you don't know what the butterfly effect is, it's this idea that if you, it, it, just any action anywhere in the world can have a domino effect and result in some other action on the opposite side of the planet that seemingly had nothing to do with the original action. For example, I'm just going to make this up on the fly. I might say hello and smile at the pharmacist at CVS. That might put her in a good mood and you know, when she's going home, she decides to donate to some charity online. And that extra money that's given to the charity helps to feed a hungry person on the opposite side of the planet. And because that hungry person was born, or because that hungry person was fed and they got to live a little bit longer, then they were able to, to be educated and grow up and they were able to have children of their own. And that child, you know, had children of their own who immigrated to the U.S., or to um, Israel, or to Europe. And they went there, and they became a scientist, and they cured cancer. Okay, that's a very wild example. I know it's not very likely, but it's an example 
of what the butterfly effect is. Okay. So any little thing that happens, a child dying from cancer, um, someone being murdered, raped, someone being um, George Floyd. These things can have effects, far-reaching effects that we don't see because of the butterfly effect. There's a tapestry. That go, a tapestry is what? How do you how do you define a tapestry? Like woven together like a intricate, intricate complex. Like a painting Yeah, exactly. And so, life is this tapestry that God sees, that God has woven, that we we don't see. And people think that's a cop-out, but it's really not. I think it's it's actually not a cop-out at all. Cop-out is like, oh, it's just it's an excuse. Um, anyway, those are my thoughts. Noah, go ahead. Never mind. <laughs> did I say what you were going to say, or did you forget? You said I was going to say. Okay. Well, I was going to add also that um, the... We talked about how, you know, people suffer and things like that. And we talked about how there's nothing that God can't redeem. Um, and I, I mentioned that, you know, God doesn't owe us answers or anything. Um, but I think that that shows the sweetness of God, that he, he doesn't have to turn things into good. He doesn't have to do things for us, but he does. And it, it, that's his kindness. That's his grace toward us. And, you know, sometimes... People get difficult diagnosis. Sometimes people get really bad news. Um, but that doesn't mean that God is bad. It just means that the world that we live in is evil. Do you agree with that, Leela? Mm-hmm. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Um, and when we get to heaven, there's not going to be any, any such thing as injustice. God is a God of justice. He is a God of... Uh, my little God of justice. He, he makes sure that he, he, he gave the law and he's going to make sure that the law is, I'm going to say executed fairly. That means that if you break the law, you can, you can be assured that you will have a consequence. God does that because he loves us. Now, does that mean God didn't love George Floyd and that's why he died? Mm-mm. Of course not. Yeah. How do we know that? Well, because George Floyd is Jesus' son, and that's just like daddy, like dad trying to kill all of us. I understand what you're getting at. You're saying that that he doesn't, Jesus doesn't want us to die. That's not like his desire for us. Were you going to add something, one of you? I was saying that um, the officer killing George Bush is not quite like dad killing us. Okay, one last point. Today, I saw a lot of people cheering because of the verdict. I want to know what you think about that. Hey, he deserved to go to jail. So, Okay. What were you going to say? I don't think you should cheer for someone going to jail, even if they are guilty. I agree. Why? Did he steal your idea? No. <laughs> he he was just, I said the opposite thing of him, so. No, I mean, no, no, it's not the opposite. I mean, he, uh, he, he, he deserved to go to jail, but 
you shouldn't like celebrate like cheer that's going to jail like he, he needs to go to jail but you shouldn't like cheer or or why not because that's just not the right thing because uh like like how would you like it if you went to jail because you did something wrong and everyone was like woohoo he's going to jail Okay. Did you have something to add, Leila? So I think that, you know, we should never take delight in someone else's misfortune. Right. Ever. And I don't know that I would agree that this was a misfortune of Derek Chauvin. I think that this was something he deserved. But in the same way that when you do something wrong and you get a punishment... Does it do anything for you as the one being punished to hear people cheering? Does it make you feel better? Does it help you in any way? Does it make the people that are cheering feel better in any way? Yeah. It feels better. Sure. I agree with that. Um, we should make yourself feel better so someone else feels worse. Yes. So it's, you're saying that it's at the expense of somebody else. Yes. Okay, some might say, well, he deserved it. That, that's fair. Do you have any thoughts on that? Um, I don't think cheering for someone going to prison is good or cheering for any kind of punishment is good. There's a verse in Proverbs that talks about how, um, I, I'm paraphrasing here, but it says something about how uh, a right, I'm going to butcher it, something about how a righteous man um, fe feels joy over justice being done. And I, I think I was reading about the yesterday. Oh, what were you reading? Proverbs. I don't remember which proverb. I think it was like, I don't remember. Yeah. Um, but I think that proverb, that was written in the Old Testament times by probably Saul, King Solomon. And I don't think he had the benefit of knowing what we know about Jesus. Because Jesus has taught us grace. He's taught us that we deserve justice, but we don't get justice. And we are so blessed because we don't get justice. If we got justice, we would go to hell. We would pay the punishment in full for our sins. But we don't. Because Jesus has died on the cross for us. That's the power of the gospel. And so while we deserve justice, we don't get it. We get grace instead. And so I would cheer for grace. But courts aren't designed to hand out grace. They're designed to hand out justice. And so, you know, we're, we're glad for justice. We're glad that justice was done today. I'm glad that justice was done today. You, you may have different thoughts, but I'm glad justice was done today. And, uh, you know, at the same time, I'm not going to cheer over, over Chauvin going to, to prison for however many decades. Wait, this sounds curiosity. How long is he going to jail? We don't know yet. There's a sentencing phase that hasn't happened yet. They'll decide that in about a month or so. But I want to close with, um, last couple of thoughts. Um, I think it's John Piper. It could be Tim Keller or a different author. And again, I'm paraphrasing, but you know, he writes it much more beautifully than I'm going to say it. But he says something along the lines of all the sadness we go through in this world, all the suffering, all the pain will have been worth it 
because there's something more beautiful about sadness and sorrow and brokenness having been experienced and then coming untrue one day, coming untrue, than if those sad things, that brokenness, that sadness had never happened at all. When you experience brokenness and sadness and pain and suffering in this life, it stings when it happens. But one day, Jesus says, he'll wipe away every tear and all those bad things will come undone, untrue. It's like watching a murder in reverse. You know, you watch a video of a murder happening in reverse. You watch, um, if you took a video of a kid suffering from cancer for nine months and then dying, play that video in reverse and the kid being healed back to full health. There's something more beautiful about that than there is about a kid never having been sick at all. So I'm going to close with a piece of scripture and then we'll, we'll close up. This is from the book of Revelation, chapter 21. It's very short. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things for the former things have passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. I am making all things new. Amen. Amen.